If you're an adventurer, there's one place that you absolutely have to shop. There is, because there's this place called Mototomic, and they have the gas can hoodie, which when you put it on, it feels like a hug. And if you're a true adventure rider, you know that some days don't go as planned and you need a hug. But not only the gas can hoodie, Mototomic has other things too. Like what, Cappy? Like beanies, cups, stickers, t-shirts, and probably my favorite dry bag. That orange dry bag is badass. It is. Mototomic.com. Link in the description. So, Chappie, I got a confession to make. Confess to me. I've been talking to our buddy from B-Moto, Paco Pete. You know B-Moto, that shop that does really cool stuff like... Off-road performance engines and suspensions. They even can Cerakote with ceramic finishes. So the outside is just as strong as the inside. Which is awesome and brings me to my confession, Cody Proof Certification. Because Paco Pete told me they're going to take care of my engine and Cody Proof it. That's something that not too many places can say. No, definitely not. I would just suggest go over to bmoto.com and check it out. They've got some pictures of what they do. Bootiche.com. Link in the description of the podcast. Yes, because it's hard to spell, but they do good work. You're listening to the Throttled Adventures Podcast. And now, your hosts, Cody and Chappie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Throttled Adventures. Cody, how are you today? I'm fantastic. We have an awesome guest today. We do. And it flies right into our, you know, main theme of the podcast. Adventure, camping, getting out and, well, not to steal a line from our guest, but getting out and doing the thing. Exactly. Now, flies into is that a, a pun on uh, the channel that <laughs> it could be um well without further ado i'm sure everybody knows already uh amanda it's so great for you to take us out some time and join us here on the podcast i am so happy to be here thank you for asking me to be here it's awesome definitely most of our listeners ride adventure bikes or you know, get out and camp and all kinds of, I guess, just adventure, you know, motorcycle inspired. We've had uh moto camp nerd on the, the podcast not that long ago. You're familiar with Ben. Yes. Uh, he's a great guy. And we had a blast uh, getting to know him. Yeah. And uh, also uh, Dan from Mototomic. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Mototomic. I know of the brand. Yeah. Yeah, it's a new company that's coming out. He's been gracious enough. We give him a shout out during the podcast, and he sent us some cool stuff. Yeah. Which they've got uh, some new stuff coming. He takes a artist. The reason I bring this up is because you are an artist. He takes an artist and has them do something for him and then puts it on the shirts for, I think, every year he's going to do a, a new artist. So the new one just dropped. It was pretty cool. Get, get to, to the, the chopper. Car. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, go ahead, Cody. Well, Amanda, I think, has inspired both of us and many others. Oh, yes. So, That's very I kind. Just, well, thank you. I, 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 actually <laughs> bought a, I, I actually bought a tent from Motocamp Nerd uh, a week ago. Oh, yay. That's awesome. Yes. 
the wife has decided that, you know, she wants to try it. So we're going to get into it. And Yay! Of course, Cody and I are planning a, a double BDR trip, so it'll come in handy there too. So. <laughs> That's going to be brutal. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. my 701 has got to get me from Utah to uh, where? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry for your butt already. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Hopefully I can buy a new one when I get there. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've always been curious. It looks like uh, watching your videos that you've kind of been into motorcycles or your family has, but I was wondering what inspired you to like do the pilgrimage and like what, what drove you to get out and as you say, do the donkey. <laughs> um, I actually, growing up, we didn't have motorcycles around when I was a kid. We had like four wheelers and that kind of stuff. And being from Montana, there aren't a whole lot of motorcycles in Montana. Like there, there are, but the riding season is very short. So it wasn't like I was exposed to them a whole lot. I was a horse person. And when I moved to Portland, I couldn't bring my horses with me. So motorcycles kind of seemed like the next best thing. And for me, motorcycling was first and foremost a transportation thing because it was cheaper to take the motorcycle from Portland to Montana and back than my Oldsmobile, which was a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Just fill your wallet draining as you fill it yeah. <laughs> So the pilgrimage happened because I, um, I was working at a tattoo shop and my mentor was not the nicest person in the world. And she had pretty much thoroughly convinced me that I was a piece of shit and I wasn't worth anything. And, uh, what's like, her name? We'll go get her. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> and, um, like a year before the end of my apprenticeship, like I just kind of had a realization moment that like, I didn't care about what I ate. Like I didn't have, I wasn't, you know how you crave foods and that kind of stuff. And you really enjoy when you eat, like it, it was gone for me entirely. And I felt super disconnected from who I had been, and who I was. And um, I realized like just how deep I was into it and how much she had manipulated me. Um, I am a sticking out person, so I didn't quit. I stuck it out until I said that I would finish. Um, and I spent the whole last year of my apprenticeship uh, planning this trip around Montana. And uh, cause born and raised Montana moving to Oregon was already felt super disconnected and it was really, it was a hard transition for me. Um, so I figured the best way to try to reground myself and figure out who I was again was to go back to my home state and, uh, do some soul searching. <laughs> Perfect. Um, on my first motorcycle, which was Lazarus, the 1980 Suzuki GS850. Um, the first leg of that trip where I took the shadow to Moab was like totally a last minute addition. Um, that wasn't supposed to be part of the trip at all. <laughs> <laughs> the whole idea was to go from Portland straight to Montana, fix my bike and then do the loop of Montana. Um, but like a couple of weeks before I was set to leave, um, somebody who had been following my blog at the time, I, this was before I started the YouTube channel, 
bought me a ticket to Moto Zamoa because I couldn't afford the ticket, but I just like jokingly been like, oh, if somebody wants to buy me a ticket, I'll go, I'll take pictures for you or something. And somebody like bought me the ticket. So I could go. I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to Moab now. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so that was super cool. That's like how that leg of the trip happened. Cause I get like a lot of comments, like they get uh, through like the first two episodes of the series and they're like, wait, what do you mean? This isn't part of the pilgrimage. Like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a um, great story how did you like moab i'm just curious because i'm down there like five times a year moab was really awesome the event that i went to was not <laughs> oh. glad you didn't buy the ticket then <laughs> yeah <I> mean, <laughs> but moab was incredible i like i think it's kind of unfortunate that we were like that event was also Memorial Day weekend, so we got to experience at the height oh. of the amount of people who go to Moab during Memorial Day weekend, and also with a bunch of other motorcyclists that made the community not so happy with us. But I would love to go back to Moab. It's definitely on the list of places that I would really love to go back to, maybe like in the off season or something, to just to really get to enjoy it. I don't know. You definitely should. Yeah. <laughs> let me know. Let me know if you get down there. <laughs> well, Tell you some cool places or show you whatever. <laughs> Would you do it again? Uh, the pilgrimage? Oh, yes. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I feel like, especially like doing it now, even doing it on Lazarus again, I feel like I am so much more prepared for all of her fits. <laughs> We've got to know each other. Yes. <laughs> And, like, I didn't go into that trip thinking it was the perfect bike for it. I didn't go into thinking it like she was the most reliable vehicle to do it on. Um, I also get, like, asked, like, like, why would you switch from this Honda Shadow that's very reliable to this bike that's obviously not, like, (laughs) because she was my first bike. And, like, I have such a deeper connection to that bike because I rebuilt her, like. Oh, wow. And, like, I mean, like, not from, like, pulling apart the engine and, like and that kind of stuff but uh when i got her she was running and then my dad was like oh we you take it to the suzuki shop and so they can go over it with a fine tooth comb well the kid that took it took a running bike and gave it back to me in pieces Be- um Holy so it cow. took me and my grandpa four days to get it running again and uh, uh. <laughs> yeah yeah well, glad you got through that sounds like you got some good time with grandpa though yes yeah yeah, my grandpa was really great. My grandpa's always been super um, supportive. Uh, he, maybe not at the way that I wanted him to be in the beginning, because he was of the opinion, like, oh, like, time is money. You shouldn't be t- wasting time fixing this bike if you could pay somebody else to do it. Well, I didn't have the money to pay somebody else to do it, so I had to learn. Right. <laughs> I have a funny story about, like, the first time that I tried to rebuild carburetors, and at the time I was living with my grandpa and his wife wouldn't let me have the carpenters in the house. <laughs> so there was like, and there's no garage. So I had the carpenters in like oh, this no. kind of like plastic tub and I would cover it with a carpet, like and put it on the front porch when I wasn't doing it. Cause I was also going to college at the time. So I couldn't have a solid chunk of time to just sit there and rebuild the carbs and have it be done with. So I was doing like one at a time. Um, and I got three done and then it rained and oh. I came home and my grandpa's like, 
you know, you should go and check on your carbs. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I thought that you would have brought in or something. Like, no, it was like full of like two inches of water. I oh, had to no. like get rid of all the pieces that I had bought. I had to buy all new rebuild kits and do it all over again. Oh, boy. Oh, God. <laughs> well, sounds like you got good practice. And Grandpa was afraid to take them in the house because Grandma might have let him yes, have it. Probably. <laughs> oh that's crazy i think it's awesome that's how i learned yeah to mechanic bikes is because i don't always have the money to yeah you don't have the money there's no other option and and i'm really grateful that i had an older motorcycle as my first because i don't know if i would have learned as much about mechanics as i have now um if it you know if i had had no other option but to do it or had had a bike that broke down so often (laughs) As frustrating as it is, that could help you on future adventures, knowing yes. how to give some. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. I did like that Q and A thing on Instagram, and a bunch of people like their one of their most like concerns was whether, how to fix their bike if it broke down if they went on a trip. And for me, like that is like the furthest thing from my mind now, just because I've had so much practice. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a good thing. I I recently just learned uh, my slave cylinder for the clutch blew a gasket oh, man. Uh, and an O-ring. And I was literally I'm like 100 miles from anywhere. There yeah. was one tractor store. And so I like Googled it and figured out closest one and went. I mean, it got me home. Yeah. <laughs> so I was. I was Thankfully. glad I could do it, but I was like, triple A doesn't come out into the middle of the desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, go ahead, Cody. I was just going to say, what's your favorite video of, or adventure of Amanda's? There's Chapman. too many to list. <laughs> I mean, not to, I, it's just any, anything. I mean, she's done great job with, uh, the how to's, the, the aerial shots that she gets. I mean, the, the cinematics, it's just, I mean, the, the trips are always good, but the, the how to's the information. I mean, even the, uh, the, what was it? On X off road. Oh yeah. The, the one that you did. I mean, I had never heard of it before. Thanks for reminding me. I need to purchase that tonight. Yeah. Dude, that app is like a game changer. Like, yeah. I I have been paying for it for a whole year. I bought it before I went on the flight of the Magpie um, because I knew that it was going to be harder to try to figure out where public land was on the East Coast. Um, and that app is the only app that I've ever found where it is very, very clear if you were on public land or not. And the borders are very solid. And yeah, it's just very user friendly. Um, you, know, you know what sold me on it? When you had dad do it. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I, I, knew, do this. I knew that I would be a selling point for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> what what a good sport. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. But yeah, I mean, uh, and then probably I, I, I'd have to say my favorite was the one where you, I can't remember her name. You were talking about how to camp and getting, you know, leave no trace. You had oh, a friend of yours. Yeah, Maggie. Yes. Yeah, and she's a she's still a national park ranger. She's super awesome. Yeah, that one was really informative because there was so much information on how to go camping, 
leave no trace, how to find camp spots. If anybody wants to know about how to find some camping, head over on YouTube and check out As the Magpie Flies. You will not be disappointed. If you're not subscribed, you live under a rock, so get over there now and do it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was talking to Dan last week. He became a subscriber and just went through a bunch of your videos. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. So, no problem. Spread so, the word. I have to say, I, I love your videos, and uh, thank you for them. But when I go to make a video... It makes me anxious as crap. I'm, see, Chappie, I'm being good here. I said, crap. I mean, it's a compliment to you. Like, I didn't, don't hold this against me. I didn't know what the hell a story arc was. I thought high school was to go out and get high. <laughs> when I was young, okay? That was a long, long time ago. But, um, no, it's awesome information in your shots like i was just watching one of your videos where you're talking about a wide shot and a medium shot with you in it and a close-up of you know a, a tree but thank you for explaining that because watching your videos it's like wow this is cool but yeah. when you break it down like that it's it's pretty awesome helps it be not so intimidating for us to for sure. make videos <laughs> yeah and if nobody has tried before they would not understand how much work goes into it I mean, when I see your videos, I think, oh, my God, she's got to have, like, 60 hours into this thing. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't keep track of how long it takes me to film stuff. Just, like, because uh, intrinsically, I, uh, I was trying to explain this to my friend Matt the other day. I, like, he asked me if I would still enjoy the trip or whatever if I didn't film it. Um, or if I would still do all these trips if I didn't film it. And I honestly don't think that I would, mostly because creating is just a part of the enjoyment for me. Um, being able to record and document those things, it's just, it, 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 um, it makes me enjoy places more than I would probably, because I would just like ride straight through and not stop or like take them a moment to actually absorb the landscape that I'm going through and um, creating is like my number one love, like art and illustration and just creating things in general is what makes me happy. Um, so I feel like if I wasn't documenting things, if I wasn't filming, if I wasn't taking pictures, I would feel like I was wasting time. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it does. I understand. We're, we're kindred souls because yeah. just yesterday, I just, I got the chills because just yesterday, um, one of my friends, viewers from California, we talk occasionally and he, he was talking about, I don't film because I'm too busy screaming like a, he says, screaming like a girl because I'm so happy on my bike, right? Yeah. And, and it hit me. I'm like, you know, I kind of miss that part. But I don't remember for three years being on a, a dirt bike or my 701 without a camera. Yeah. Like, I, I don't yeah. even remember. And it's just part of part of the experience, you know. And like you said, it's good to have a record. Yeah. And, I, and like, before I even did YouTube, I was always taking photos when I was on a ride. It was, it's just, like, the motorcycle is just another tool to create. Yeah. It's your horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got. I some was going to say, uh, 
Yeah. Because <laughs> you were still talking when Amanda was, but you weren't moving. <laughs> yeah. It's my, right. uh, I used to watch those old Chinese Kung Fu movies. <laughs> <laughs> when you're out on your trips and you have a general idea of where you want to camp, usually, mm-hmm. if, if I follow your videos correctly. Mm-hmm. As me and Cody were talking a couple of weeks ago in the podcast, uh, adventure is when things go wrong. Yes. It's like... I know you had planned to camp at a certain spot not that long ago, and you ended up losing your water bladder. And I just, I just felt so bad. I wanted to run out to my, you know, I wanted to run out and find the damn thing for you. Yeah. It's like, what do you, what goes through your head when you're like, okay, the, this camp spot isn't available or, um, you know, is there an easy way to pick up an app or something like that to find something else? Or how do you go through that process? Um, for camping specifically, like, especially like since the beginning of 2020, cause like everybody has discovered camping. So oh, yeah. if you aren't reserving your campsite ahead of time, if you're just going to a place that's just first come first serve, like you have to accept before you even head out that there's a 50 50 shot. If there's going to be room for you or not period. Um, and even before like 2020, I still always have multiple backups because like, I don't know if I'm going to make it as far as I think I'm going to make it that day. Or like, maybe I will get that point, get there and it'll be two o'clock and I just want to keep going. So I have backups for my backups for my backups. Like I, plot the route that I'm going to go and then I pick umpteen million campsites that are along that route and I mark it on my map and uh, so if I get to a place that I'm like this is this was the spot that I was going to camp for the night and there's too many people there then I know where the next couple spots are that like will work for what I need it to work for um, already because I do all of that in the pre-planning stage and I know that a lot of people like nice. aren't super like planners but like that is like <laughs> totally. half, half of the trip for me <laughs> is like the the months like or the weeks leading up to a trip and being able to plot all that out until the research ahead of time yeah i'm i'm like you i've been researching the crap out of the mabder and nebder because i I don't want to get into that situation (laughs) i i know my good friend is uh let's just you know wherever wherever we are we'll camp there (laughs) type of guy but i don't think he understands but you do uh, here in the north or in the east, northeast, uh, it's not as f- open and free camping like there is out, out west. I mean, yeah. there's campgrounds, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had that. I had that problem. <laughs> I, I, yes. I feel like I'm more mentally prepared to for another trip to the east coast um, to be able to find camping because there is camping. It's just like way for, like go farther than I'm used to to find it (laughs) yes and farther (laughs) off the beaten path too yes (laughs) uh names for your bikes remind me of like um rob zombie songs is that (laughs) 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 it could just be me but like how do you come up with your names i was curious um so they're all essentially like greek 
inspired. Um, uh, so Lazarus just happened because um, the original owner of that motorcycle was a preacher. And then he sold it to the kid that I bought it from because the preacher got in a wreck and broke his leg. And he decided that that meant bike did, like God didn't want him riding. And so he sold it to the kid that I bought it from. And uh, the preacher had put Jesus fish on the side of the tank. And oh. I asked the kid before I left, I was like, well, do you have a name for it? Because I want to respect that if it already has a name. And he's like, I've just been calling it the Jesus bike. <laughs> I was like, that's a terrible name. Yeah, I'm not calling <laughs> it the <laughs> Jesus bike. <laughs> and uh, he had tried to get it running because it, it sat on Craigslist for like three months before I went to buy it. And um, so it had just been sitting in his shed. And of course, dead of winter in Montana carbureted bikes don't enjoy the cold all those things um he sat there and was gonna kill the battery just trying to get started and like i got sick of it i was just like just move just move just mm. just, just give me the bike <laughs> just give me like <laughs> um because i had already like because my grandpa has the 79 gs 750 so i had already i'm already pretty familiar with this engine and the way that these bikes work and so I just like went over it and I like petted the tank and ta sweet talked her a little bit, you know, and like went down and pulled the like switch the carburetor because he didn't have the um, there's a little screw in the bottom of the carburetors on those bikes uh, that adjust the idle. And he had it all the way in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so like screwed the thing out, pulled the choke, sweet talked her and she started right up for me. And it was and, yeah, I was like, mm, first sign, <laughs> she's mine. <laughs> like, yep. um, and I refused to buy it before I wrote it. And uh, so between me, the kid and my dad, it took all three of us to push it out of the alley because it was all covered in snow and ice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got it out onto the street and I rode around the block and I went over a patch of black ice and in my head, I'm like, this is it. This is when I die. Like in like slow motion going over yeah. a patch of black ice, just being like, mm. <laughs> I made it over. It did not die, did not slip one bit. And I was like, this is my bike period. It's over. She's mine. Like, mm -mm. Uh, and I got back and everything. And after owning her for so long, like the name just seemed to fit so much more because Lazarus is a story in the Bible of, um, a gentleman who died and Jesus brought him back to life. Um, so it's a resurrection story. And I cannot tell you how many times I have resurrected that bike, but she always comes back to life. So it's nice. just very fitting. So <laughs> it's not the Jesus bike, but you're the Jesus mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Only for her. Only for her. <laughs> um. The Honda Shadow is a little bit more simple. Like my dad tried a four-wheeler with it, and in the process of unloading it, he dropped it and put this giant dent in the tank. And so I had already kind of established this kind of like theme for the names for my bikes, and I was like, you know what, Hephaestus seems like a great name for a motorcycle. You know, like God of Metal Smithing and like all that kind of stuff. And he's deformed. And now my shadow is deformed, and I refuse to buy a new gas tank because it's like a grand or something. Oh yeah. And so it was just perfect. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. Briarios happened because uh, it's like a 
an anime character. He's a cyborg anime character. But also, Briarios, Hecate, and Carries were Greek titans with 100 arms. So I was staying within my Greek theme. But also, he was my cyborg boyfriend because it was the first bike that I had that had fuel injection. <laughs> oh, nice. It's her little Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the only one that really uh, doesn't conform is Paul Bunyan. And that's my 1972 CB175. Because it's a very little bike, but it's a very, very big project. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, were, you, were you trying log hops with Paul Bunyan? Or? Oh my god, that would be so much fun. No, he's still <laughs> in pieces in my shed, hence the very, very big project. Because uh, he mm. sat in a field for like literally decades. Um, wow. And my brothers have pulled pieces off of him, so he's not even all together. And yeah very very large project and then i have a moped named icarus because he really looks like he flew too close to the sun <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome moped yeah he's moped. super fun and and you do pretty much all the maintenance yourself yes yeah except for when i when i owned the tiger because i worked at the triumph dealership it was just easier to have the guys work on it um like they had all the parts and tools necessary to work on it. So I just handed it over to them. Um, and I sold that one last year. Yeah. Why, right. why did you sell the tiger? Just curious. It is the only motorcycle that I have ever had that I had a loan on. And it didn't make sense to continue paying for this motorcycle when I could do everything that I do on it on Briarios. <laughs> And I own all the rest of my motorcycles outright. So just, yeah, it didn't make sense to have debt for a motorcycle that wasn't actually filling a gap, a gap in my garage. Yeah, totally. And to me and most people that I chat with motorcycle, motorcycle camping is a form of freedom or a feeling of freedom. And so, yeah, debt's kind of like not free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Kind, of, kind of a slave to the motorcycle sometimes. But if it fills a gap, I... My opinion yeah. is it's worth it if you can do it, but yeah, I own the 701 for better or for worse. <laughs> Chip Dreaming along. about a 890. <laughs> I name my bikes. It's a much simpler process. Whatever song is playing when I pull up to buy the bike, that's usually what I name the bike. So. <laughs> that's along. normally like with my vehicles. That's how I named a lot of my cars for a long time was like the, the song that was on like that showed up a couple times the first couple weeks that I owned it that was the name of the car like the Oldsmobile that I owned in college its name was The Stroke <laughs> oh, Billy Spire yeah <laughs> hopefully it didn't give you a stroke <laughs> no I love that car it was a really good car it got hit like the, the only reason I bought Lazarus was because um, the guy that I was dating at the time got hit in it by a smart car the smart car was totally destroyed. My Oldsmobile had a tiny dent in it. And then her insurance wow. gave me like $1,200 for that dent. And I was like, I'm going to go buy me a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is smart thinking right there. <laughs> smart car. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, we've all made the joke about, you know, the smart cars and the Oldsmobiles. We buy them for our first daughter or whatever because yeah. they will handle an accident. So Yes, yeah. That proves it. Uh-oh. Yep, I'm pulling out the big the big guns. So we were talking earlier, and uh, this is all Tim Collins' fault that we all kind of know each other. <laughs> yes. In a roundabout way. 
Yes. But Damn why you, I'm, Tim. Why I'm bringing up, thank you, Tim. You're stud. <laughs> why, why I'm bringing up the book is uh, I was excited when he finally told us that Amanda did the illustrations for this book. So, yes. Great. Yeah, job. I told him no. Yeah, he I told said him he I had to. Yeah. Very persistent. <laughs> and so I just met him down past Moab in the Valley of the Gods a couple of weeks ago for a one night camp. And uh, we were talking about, you know, you doing the art and stuff. And he told me, I, it wasn't just a one time ask, like, <laughs> but, but he said, I just knew like she was the right one. I just, yeah. oh, absolutely. to him. So he was, he was super stoked. And I said, well, I understand she does tattoos and, you know, it's been a while since I had one. He said, don't even ask, dude. <laughs> No, not she's not gonna do it. No, it says it right. It says it right all over everything she has. No logos, no tattoos. Don't even ask. Yeah. So I'm not asking. I'm just telling you. Tim has your back, and instead, nope. Yeah. And I don't blame her either because those people, people that want those things, are never satisfied. It takes forever. And I don't think people understand. I'm not a graphic designer. I'm an illustrator. It is two very different things. Absolutely. If somebody gives you a logo and it's not a vector file, they didn't give you a logo. They gypped you. <laughs> like, and I work in Photoshop, not Illustrator. Very two di- very different programs. <laughs> so listen and understand, people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because I'm an electrician and I've got a buddy, Johnny Mack, who is building i mean he's the equivalent of tesla Mm -hmm. the inventor right now (laughs) the don't you know hotel that i picked up for him is a trailer for bikes and he has got it solar powered uh eight batteries that invert and go from here and like i mean this thing's crazy but he just told me today it can do three days with no power like boondock yeah but he wants my help and i'm an ac electrician and this is dc yeah there's a disconnect but he's just like come on you're my buddy you're you're an electrician let's do this i'm like yeah wait a minute wait a minute it's two very different things two different things (laughs) and squatch is kind of a a electrician nerd my son-in-law so he's offered to help out too so i say like people who can do wiring on like vehicles that is much much closer to that than like asking like yes. a house electrician to help you do that. Yeah, no. Yes. Uh, vehicle wiring scares yeah. the poop out of me. <laughs> it's yes. a little different. I had to play with it a bit on Lazarus just because her wiring harness is super old. And um, I found out in the middle of the pilgrimage that like, I don't know if it was the kid or the preacher or whoever, but they like, they mess with a bunch of the stuff that's in the headlight. And thankfully the like wiring harness on those motorcycles is fairly simple because there isn't as much like electronic stuff going on. There aren't as many like sensors and all like, actually there's no sensors. <laughs> um, but so that was fairly easy to figure out. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine trying to deal with the wiring on Briarios. I don't know if I could. I, I mean, I'm sure I would if I had to, but it, yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> It's not on your uh, bucket list to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like messing around with wiring. We do it, we do what we have to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got lucky the Honda had a, a plug 
and I bought a, an adapter, plugged it in, and I just soldered the wires together for the USB and my uh, GPS mount. Yeah. But on the Beamer, uh, when it goes in for its break-in service, I'm going to have them wire the GPS on that. Yeah. Do you need some help breaking that bike in, Chappie? I know somebody. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> Amanda's going to come out? Yeah, she, she might if you buy her a ticket. But. <laughs> I say Mario <laughs> promised me a spot on his Wild Wonderful Weekend, but he still hasn't sent me dates, so. Mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> If you don't have it on video, it didn't happen. Is how this well, goes. I think it was on the podcast. Well, I don't know if they kept it in. I have to go back and listen again to see if they kept it in. <laughs> I offered to send her coffee, but she's she likes tea. I don't blame her. Not not a coffee drinker. I know. Thanks for, I thanks for so being honest. <laughs> Disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Actually, wasn't it just... Uh, the last video or maybe the one before that she just said that yeah somebody said something about that yeah i i, I did the q a on instagram and somebody asked like how how oh, do you make the best was. cup of coffee going camping and i'm like uh, a tea bag <laughs> yes and didn't you say ask on her two wheels yes or, yeah yeah <laughs> that's awesome um i saw that you met uh i believe it's jesse from Jess? Sound mind. Yeah, Jess. Jess. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. awesome. She's totally awesome. She uh she does a little bit of therapy. Yeah. And uh writing, which is really cool. But she uh I sent her some cars, she bought some coffee and she made a video. I didn't know she was gonna do it. And she's like <laughs> making my coffee. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> but she yeah, was she's super, so super stoked when she got to meet you. I got, yeah, she was on her way up to go see a, fa a family member in Seattle or something. And um, I got her, because I'm lazy, I got her to come to my house. And then I followed her up <laughs> the high five. Lazy, smart. It depends how you look at it. <laughs> um, we stopped at a coffee shop or whatever, and I talked her ear off for like three hours. I don't think she was ready for me to talk to her for that long. And she was like, I think I need to, I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You also met Tim through yeah. a, a, a mishap, kind of maybe, or yeah. Uh, the tiger did not enjoy the southern southern section of California VR at all. Did not. Mm -mm, nope. I'm a little nervous of that section. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was talking to Nathan about that the other day. He was like, "Well, people keep messaging me like saying that like it's it's like really difficult, and they weren't prepared for it." And I was like, "Yeah, it is really hard. It's not." It's not like, and it's so much different than like any other BDR current, like currently that they have. It is really a dual sport, like and dirt bike route. It is not a big ADV bike route, like at all. Um, mm -hmm. And like, I think that if you watch the movie, you kind of get the idea, but they kind of gloss over it. And everybody yeah. who like went on that route was like super, a very good rider, very good rider. Um, and yeah, they, yeah, I definitely felt like they glossed over how difficult it would be. Um, and I try to tell people whenever they ask me, like, it is, it is a gnarly route. And uh, if you have a heavy bike. Um... Think twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what did that section do to your, your tiger? 
I I toasted the clutch. I didn't just burn it. I toasted it. Oof. Um, I we got to oh my god, what is that town? It starts with a B. It's after the oh, first Barstow? section. No, it's not, it's not Barstow. It's right after the first section. I thought it, it's not Bishop. It's something else. I can't remember. Anyway, we got we finished the first section. We got through the gravel, and we only got through the gravel because I toasted the clutch, and then Matt, my hero a very, very kind person <laughs> who rides his tiger like a dirt bike, um, like volunteered to kind of hopscotch his bike. So he would ride my bike for a section, hike back to his bike and ride that forward and then ho- like hike back to my bike and ride that forward. And Indian Pass is like, what, six, eight miles? And I only got oh, through man. half of it. So he did that for three miles, which Good is man. a long way <laughs> he's got yeah, some good he's got some good karma coming yes yeah <laughs> and it's all sand too it's just... yeah it's like this deep pea gravel like it's tiny pea gravel and it's almost it's at least eight inches deep like we kicked some around and try to measure how deep it was it is so deep um yeah it's gnarly uh, so you fix your clutch in yeah Arizona so we got then, to or? The end of section one, and I got my bike towed from that little town to Phoenix because that was the closest Triumph dealership. And with my insurance, mm-hmm. I have um, a roadside assistance. And like mm-hmm. one of the rules is like they have like a minimum mileage to like wherever you want to go or to the dealer deal- nearest dealership that's qualified to work on your motorcycle. So <laughs> I don't know. It was like three or four hours or something like that to Phoenix. And it was all covered by my insurance. Thank you, Progressive. Not Spawn, but I just love them. (laughs) High flow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the dealership was closed. I didn't know anybody in Phoenix besides Tim, but I didn't want to ask Tim to let me stay with him because I haven't met him in person yet. Um, so thankfully from the like luck of the internet, I ended up staying with a friend of a friend of a friend (laughs) Nice. who ended up being like one of my favorite people, but she was super cool and let me stay there for like what ended up being a whole week, uh, while we waited for my bike to get fixed. Um, and it ended up being like over $800 for them to fix my uh, clutch because not only did they have to replace like all the plates, but also all the springs because when the guy pulled it out, they just kind of fell apart because it had gotten so hot. Toasted. He really yeah, toasted. toasted. Yeah. Um, well, good job not giving up. I mean, you, you really toasted it. Yes. And that portion of your channel and that video, that's how, well, because you appeared on Tim's yeah. one of Tim's videos because of that. Yeah, uh, that's how I discovered that there was a such a thing as called a BDR. Oh, that's so cool! Well, I live in the Northeast, so yeah. we don't have anything like that. Yeah. Um, well, you didn't. Well, you didn't. Well, didn't. <laughs> and now Cody's jealous of me because I live like less than five minutes from the BDR. Oh the, my god! Yeah. And that's that's how this whole thing got started. <laughs> Chappie will correct me, I'm sure, but he said something to the effect of, you know, if you're ever up here, because I have a goal of doing all 10 BDRs, that's my life goal. He says, if you're ever up in this way, let me know and we'll write it together. And I said, okay, I'll be up when we're doing it. 
Yeah. And then the correct story is what, Chappie? <laughs> no, you actually got it right this time. All except right. for his his answer was how's next August? <laughs> totally spontaneous. Yeah, I, yeah, I've always had the impression that you don't offer something to Cody unless you intend to, to do that. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean I, I bought my you, I bought my two fifty L and started playing on the BDR around here. And it just, it was so much fun. I was like, yeah. hey, if you ever come out here, make sure you let me know enough in advance so I can get the time off from work. Yeah. And uh, hey, how about next August? So we've been planning it. Yeah. So well, here we go. <laughs> I've been planning it. I say, Cody, I hope that you're not bored on the Mavder. I'm concerned for you. You know what's interesting is my buddy from California, uh, knows this gentleman he's 70 years old these guys are my heroes by the way like 70 year old and uh he did he's done colorado the mabder and uh idaho and he told his buddy chris he says i'm never doing the mabder again and chris was like why and he said it was too easy <laughs> so i hope i'm not disappointed too but it looks beautiful like like it would be like my kind of fun because i'm like oh everything's super pretty don't have to worry about any kind of obstacles i'm here for this like yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm right with you <laughs> <laughs> i mean well that was part of the reason why i was thinking of taking the gs mm -hmm. um you know if if max can get me a skid plate yeah then that opens back up but um nobody has the euro five skid plates yeah and Wonderlick, who I'm getting the engine bars from. <laughs> I'm sorry, that name just uh, makes me sad. <laughs> what are we gonna name the company? Wonderlick. <laughs> it's probably like wanted to call it Wonderlust, but there's so many companies that already have that name. <laughs> it's it's German. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. and th they only make uh, BMW stuff. Yeah, but I got the anniversary edition. So it's black with the yellow, and they're the only ones that have the yellow engine bars. So, oh, you didn't want to spray paint engine bars? No, these are already. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought about like powder coating. So that's expensive. Oh, powder coating is so expensive. You're just better off getting them that color. Yeah, but, it's a sweet so, bike. Yeah, it's just. Base were supposed to have it in June and it had to go back and get reworked because of oh, the whole yeah. Euro 5 thing. Now they're talking maybe August. Oh gosh. But Tour Tech oh, doesn't have it. Uh, Revzilla doesn't have anything. Twisted Throttle doesn't have anything. I mean, anybody that's a fabricator, contact Chappie. <laughs> that's a good that's... question. Like, have, there, there's got to be like um, some like welding shops and fabricators near you that might be able to do that. I don't know. The way I came up with that is watching these people that are in other countries riding, and they have little shops everywhere that weld their bike together. It's like crazy. Yeah, there's there's more fabricators in the U.S. than like people kind of think about because they end up doing a lot of stuff for like trucking companies and that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm sure that there's like little shops that would just be absolutely stoked to do like custom engine guards and that kind of stuff. Just That's another option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the. And the engine guards are coming. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the lowers. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I already ordered them because top ones came in and there were six of them. Then there was only two. So I ordered them both. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of ordering, I ordered something in my sleep this morning. In your sleep? I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I talked to my buddy all day yesterday about this Liat body armor. Oh, yeah. So I, I had it in the cart in Amazon. And I wake up this morning and I'm like, what's this? Apparently at 548, I was dreaming about it and I hit, let's, let's get this thing. <laughs> so new body armor. <laughs> and I'm glad you told me that story because when we're on the trip together, I'm going to make sure I put a password on my phone. Yeah, you probably want to do that. <laughs> probably should do that. I wake up, Cody ordered a bunch of shit on Amazon. <laughs> So, uh, Amanda, side note here, um, and I still think my channel's kind of, it, to me, it's a joke. Like, my whole goal is to show anybody that even thinks about motorcycle camping or going off-road that if I can do it, they can do it. Yeah. And, uh, but one of the moments I was like, holy crap, crap, somebody's actually noticed. You gave me a shout out about the tent. Yeah. And I was like. I made it. No. <laughs> I made but it. It, it was a huge honor, and and uh, and I'm hoping that you're loving it as much as as oh, I yeah. love mine. It's just it's so light, and all the pockets, all the pockets. Oh, oh my god, the pockets are a game changer. Like holy wow. Um, yeah, I was very hesitant about it at first. It's like a five hundred dollar tent. Oh my yeah. god. Mm. Uh, I uh, became homeless when I bought that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had my, a home, my wife almost said, home. Yeah, my wife said, you can almost live in that, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a stretch. Uh, thankfully, the point that I bought it, um, and a lot of people would be like, Meh. I had my REI discount, so I got 30% off. So it made it a little bit more palatable. Ooh, nice. Um, but I still would, like... Going back, I still would have paid the $500, even if I didn't have the discount for that tent, because, like, oh, my God, it has changed my life. Like, <laughs> I, I just don't, I like, it's so easy to pack, and it gives me so much more room in the duffel bag, because, like, my tent isn't taking up 25% of the space in the duffel bag. Um, it, yeah. This like this last trip, I got the new sleeping bag, and the sleeping bag is like a zero degree bag, and it so it's huge, packed even like squeezed down. It's still mm -hmm. ginormous, but it doesn't matter because my tent is so small. Like so, like I get the actual comfort. And I'm excited to go to bed because I have this beautiful new sleeping bag. It's the uh, Big Agnes Diamond Park zero degree, by the way. <coughs> uh, uh, from, is that <laughs> proper uh, Moto Camp nerd? It it is a Moto Camp nerd. Thank you yes. for asking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We we love we love Ben and Mother <laughs> But that's like was incredible. At no point on the trip was I cold. I didn't have to sleep with my down booties. I didn't have to sleep with my down jacket on. I was excited to go to bed at night. It was amazing. And all that happened because my tent packs so small that it wasn't a big deal to bring a zero degree sleeping bag. You're um, welcome. No, I'm it, just yeah, kidding. Was, I'm kidding. <laughs> for the record, I had my on it before you did your whole like oh, review okay, of it. Okay, okay. okay. We're, we're gonna delete that part. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's, I do the editing. That's true. 
this show would not happen without Chappie. I'm quite <laughs> um, honest about that. But speaking of tents, Cody, yeah. you had a, a zipper problem and you made a video about it. Yeah. I almost had what a hissy fit. <laughs> I thought you were uh, going to have to pay well, another $500. Yeah, because well, now that yeah, I had that tent, I can't, can't have another one. Yeah, the zippers are very delicate on those tents. That's part of why it's so lightweight is the zippers are pretty delicate. You have to be pretty careful. Yep. And I found like if I pinch it and, and dip and then pinch a little bit, that's kind yep. of my trick. Yeah. But I was camping it, you know, showing up at after dark, you know, like <laughs> I do. And it's this sandy area. I'm setting my tent up. No big deal. As I'm walking around with my headlamp, I see this white spider that literally is about the size of my hand. And okay, great. I'm going to zip up and get in here. And I notice as I zip it, like it's coming undone behind. Oh. So I used electrical tape that night because <laughs> I didn't want that spider cuddling me. Cuddling. But uh, yeah. I think I would have moved my tent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's a good option too. Um, but when I got home, I researched it and I just made a little video, I think this week and they make this zipper cleaner slash lubricant and it totally solved the problem. So so it was like under $10. So, and what, what was it you did with the the pliers? Uh, yeah. If you just, cause I've got over, I'm getting close to 150 nights in that baby. So I've zipped and unzipped a bit, but, um, just squeeze the pliers on each side oh, it's of the zipper. Squeeze. squeeze and not He-Man it. Okay, well, the reason I ask is I watched <laughs> that video this morning and you said something about you just have to squoze this real. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I you had know, to. I, I had to have, because. I should have a handicap sticker on my bike, okay? <laughs> Don't make fun of the handicap, Chappie. I I have to because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about utensils, and I said, "Oh yeah, you for fork that that spoon, that that foon and spork." (laughs) (laughs) But I I left that in the podcast, even though it was my mistake. It's awesome. We we try and keep it real. (laughs) Yes. So I have a question for amanda that i ask all of our guests because i'm genuinely genuinely curious what is your favorite motorcycle memory oh god that's so hard Uh, she's got a lot of them uh, (laughs) could be a top five i don't want to make it too hard on you but This is going to sound just awful. Um, but you said favorite, not best, yep. not worst. Yeah. Favorite. Yeah, favorite. Mm-hmm. When I broke my wrist. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, mostly because like, I feel like that is probably the hardest thing that I have ever had to deal with on the motorcycle ever. And like, that that's on top of like burning the clutch on the tiger, like in the middle of the cabinet that's on top of like running out of oil on top of a mountain, having to walk an hour to find somebody to help me. Um, anything breaking my wrist was the hardest thing that I've ever had to 
like problem solve in the middle of nowhere by myself. And I did it. And and, and you showed it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's one of my favorite thing. videos actually. That's it's also, also sounds terrible. But I, I feel like the storytelling in that video is done so well that, that I'm incredibly biased. But... I cried with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. I, that, I mean, just what you were going through, just... I got a little was... dust in my eye. I wasn't... <laughs> I um, like that, that that's your favorite. So why? Just because you did overcome it? Because or... I did overcome it. And I think that I did it fairly well for the tools and the stuff that I had with me at that point because I didn't have the in reach at that point and um like coming across those guys like and I was so full of adrenaline I didn't think about the fact that they could just send the GPS coordinates to my family and they could come get me I didn't I that didn't even cross my brain <laughs> mm-hmm. um I was like thinking about the nearest landmark that they would be they would know what I was talking about and like and that's why we met at Loxhall Lodge, um, because that was the closest thing that I could think of that was there, um, that they would know instantly what I was talking about. Um, and yeah, like doing all of that by myself, like, yeah, the side, the guys on the side-by-sides were very, very helpful and amazing. And they gave me more pain meds because all I had was like a couple of ibuprofen, um, which was not enough. <laughs> no. Um and uh they like they were in the middle of setting up camp and they broke camp all the way down to follow me out to make sure that i would make it through and i didn't realize that was another rocky gnarly section before i got to the 107 to get back down to the 12 um um, and so they followed me all the way out admittedly i got to that point like way ahead of them i think i got there like 30 minutes ahead of them i was just sitting there waiting for them to show up They were breaking down camp. <laughs> yeah, they, they had to break down camp and um, pack back up the side by sides and that kind of stuff. And uh, then they realized that they couldn't follow me to Locksaw because in Idaho you can't take the side by sides on the on the highway. Um, okay. so, oh. <laughs> so I was like, I reassured them I'd be fine, and that like made sure that mom texted them once I got met up with parents so that they knew that I would be okay. Um, but they were super super sweet and. Uh, that was awesome. But ultimately I did all of that on my own. Nice job. I'm just very proud of myself. <laughs> We're proud of you too. <laughs> that, that was uh, an amazing story too. Uh, the way you captured it and told the the story in the video. That was, it was really awesome. Chappie and I were talking in, in a past podcast recently and uh, I was saying, cause I don't, I don't know what my niche is, you know, I'm just a lost motorcyclist, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, I said, I think, I think what I'm getting good at is, you know, misadventures and, um, a lot of the videos out there kind of are painting a beautiful picture, which yeah. sells and, and it is beautiful a lot of the time. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm showing everything that can and will go wrong, you know, <laughs> and not a lot of people do that. And Chappie yeah. said, uh, Amanda's broken wrist video. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you, Chappie. I appreciate her, her water 100%. pack, her camera. I mean, Oh, I felt she that shows. in my soul. Oh, dude, like was gone. I did the whole, the whole captor series. I have people in the comments of every single video being like, this is like, this whole video is just you complaining. Like, <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> 
apparently they've never been on a real adventure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I and I would also like to apologize for all the gentlemen out. Well, I shouldn't call them gentlemen that uh, leave nasty comments for you. Yeah, because you've it's, you've had to deal with quite a bit of that too. Are you yeah, serious? It hasn't been super. Um, hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows. I do have wonderful, wonderful people in my comment section, and by far and large, just wonderful, supportive people. But um, I do exercise the band button quite often. Well, just start a list. I'll go visit for you. <laughs> Leave Amanda alone. She's out like, doing the damn thing while you're sitting at keyboard warrior. And the Jay yeah. and Silent Bob routine. <laughs> Are um, you? Hey, I I'm get... looking for all options for a new 890. So if uh, if some of them are dirty deeds done dirt, no. <laughs> just kidding. That was entertainment purposes. Yeah. But leave it alone. Seriously, that's messed up. Like the ones that like are the funniest to me is like they I or last last week or whatever I got one that was like I've watched a few of your videos now and I have been riding for three decades and I have never had as many issues as you've had so maybe you should just think about not riding anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Or you should think about jumping off a cliff, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Or. Um, and especially on the Cabder series, I get them a lot and they still happen because like BDR is like a search term in our niche. Um, right. and, uh, so I get a lot of people who are like, well, you wouldn't have even tried this if you didn't have two dudes to pick up your bike for you. Like <laughs> the object was not to have to pick up your bike. Yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever place. ridden in a group? I like, if you ridden, if you ride in a group, you pick up bikes together because you're sharing the, like the load essentially so that nobody is getting yeah. fatigued faster than everybody else. Yeah, exactly. The only reason I was thinking about taking the Beamer on the Mabder was because Cody was going to be there. Yeah. I would not do that on yeah. my own. Hey, I'm, I'm taking the good. Honda. I'm getting good. Not to throw you under the bus, Tim, but I'm getting good at picking up the 1200, but I, I don't want 300 pounds, I don't want one. 600 now. pounds, yeah, 300, 600, big difference. Yeah. But when I'll take when the 300, fa- when you're fatigued, you start making stupid, tired mistakes. Yes. Which is dangerous, Absolutely. you know, yeah. that you wouldn't normally make. So it makes sense. I didn't know about BDRs until Tim said, meet me in Idaho and we'll do this BDR. I think he was just coming from your... He was uh, on the way to Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain. Yeah. And that that week changed my life, like, forever. That's awesome. Like, and that's totally how I met Cody. Life. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he made a video and Chappie saw me. Yeah, <laughs> yep, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I I will always remember it was before Rocky Mountain Roll because he had to so- send the parts for his bike to the ranch. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I'm sure awesome. he was grateful that uh, he could do that. Yeah, he asked me, "Are you going to the Rocky Mountain Roll?" I said, "I haven't been invited." He said, "It uh, you got kind of." invite yourself i said well okay so that excuse didn't work i said um i think there's like going to be people there that i don't know and i'm a little socially anxious he's all they were all really nice people cody <laughs> yes the motorcycle community is amazing it is the motorcycle community is awesome yeah and and i feel like rocky mountain roll especially 
just because like we don't have a lot of things that big events have, it tends to only attract people that are like us, that are nice and chill and like vibing, you know? I like that. I like that. <laughs> because like there's no bands, there's no free booze, we don't have merch row, we don't have all the big fancy stuff that big events do. We are it's we're literally there to hang out. You ride your butt off to get here and you hang out with us. That's period. <laughs> right. It looks awesome. And and Tim had a blast. And I'm I'm a little jealous because I didn't realize till recently that uh you must live close with Nathan and Dork. Uh in Oregon I do, but that's not where Rocky Mountain yes. Roll is. Yeah, right. Rocky Mountain Roll is just, Montana. I've seen you guys kind of meeting up, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, Darby, Montana is where I met Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Montana's um, beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Nathan and Chris, I have been friends with for a very long time, like before YouTube. Wow. Um, I have been friends with them since, like, I want to say it was 2014, something that like so that. so cool. Um. I met Chris through Torque Wenches, which is like a all women's group in Portland. And uh, when they first started, um, and that's how I met Chris. And then through Chris, I met her husband, who is a wonderful, super supportive human being. And uh, so, yeah, I've been friends with them for quite a while. So when he started making YouTube videos, I was very stoked for him. Um, and uh, yeah, Dork in the Road is in uh, the Eugene area. Um, so it's like two hours south of where us. My father-in-law lives right by there. Yeah. Thanks. That's cool. Nathan is, uh, I, you remember when he became a ambassador for the BDR? Yeah. So I saw that video and I was in love with BDRs and I messaged him. I'm like, dude, I'd like to do that. But like, you know, it says you need to be an expert writer. I am not that. <laughs> so do I not waste my time? And he was like, like I said, so supportive. He's like, what are they going to do? Tell you, no, just put your application in. Yeah. We'll get you through. And so he talked me into it. And I've loved it ever since. Just yeah. Like, great, great oh my God, people. Chris and Nathan are just like the most wonderful human beings. Oh my gosh. I can't even. <laughs> yes. I, I love seeing some of their little snippets on Instagram and even, you know, their videos. One of my favorites was, uh, I can't remember if she was on his bike or her bike, but she kind of like popped a little wheelie and she spun around and came back and she's laughing hysterically and <laughs> says, I just pulled the biggest wheelie I've ever done in my life. And it was just, you know, a little wheelie. I'm sure she's done bigger wheelies, but it was just the laughter and I just. It's contagious. Awesome. Yep. Yes. Yes. Great group of people. Yeah. Yeah, again, the, the Moto community, it's just, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, they're just, like, so incredibly generous with their time, and they volunteer at so many events. They're just, oh, my God. <laughs> I am the Grinch compared to those two. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I first started, I, I was doing videos. By the way, my favorite videos of yours are in your garage. In the garage. But, I, I mean, I was I was this very small channel. I was doing gear reviews, you know, because I was too scared to go moto camping very very often by myself. <laughs> and I got this comment uh, 
from somebody who might or might not be here in this podcast, and it said something to the effect of, if you're going to film moto camping gear videos, why don't you try going out moto camping or something? It might have been nicer than that, but it was my first interaction with Amanda, so I've been nervous <laughs> as shit to interview you today. Because like, <laughs> however, that's awesome. That inspired me to like get over my fear and just get the hell out and, and do it. But so thank you, and I thought that was kind of a funny. Story. And I, I yes. thought it was funny. You know, I, I did at the time. I, I might have took it a little sensitive. But I'm sorry. Funny, I I'm sure there's probably a few people who have similar stories. <laughs> it's okay. It inspired me. See, I have a buddy who takes you, and he can ride like Graham Jarvis. Like he is insane. And his favorite thing is to push people past their breaking point, and then see if they come back next week to ride with them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them don't. Yeah, I'm either too dumb or whatever. I keep going back. So <laughs> you inspired me to keep going. And yeah. It's just kind of a funny story. She wasn't like being rude, but it, it was a good point. Like, <laughs> I just i especially i tried i try to continue to watch smaller channels um, just to like to support them because like everybody starts from somewhere, you know. Right. And um, a lot of people like when they're new, like they're trying to engage with the audience. So they'll ask questions like, Oh, what can I do to improve? And I don't know mm-hmm. if they actually are looking for feedback or not, but I always, that's my cue. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and so well, I'm like I in did. the comments being like, this is like, maybe you could try this and it would make it more like engaging for your audience or like better. And uh, most of the time it's like, it's just me picking on people's audio, but <laughs> Yeah, I spent all week this week going through uh, YouTube audio stuff, courtesy of Amanda, and I've been learning about the story arc. Yeah. I don't want to hear that everybody should know that, people. Okay, don't leave it in the comments. (laughs) I get it. Like, English isn't everybody's favorite subject in high school. That's not, yeah. (laughs) So, I, the last time I passed English was eighth grade, and in 11th grade, I had this really cool teacher, and she found out that I was into playing guitars. And I'll never forget, the book was The Scarlet Letter, and she said, if you will actually read this and write a song about it and play it for us, that will be, and the book report was like 75% of the grade, right? Yeah. If you do that, then uh, then we'll give you an A, and and I did it. And it was so cool. Like, it's the only That's book awesome. that I read in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That's awesome, though. That's awesome that you, like, had a teacher that identified, like, how you were going to best yeah. learn and worked around you. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, she might have saved me from more nefarious roads that I didn't nefarious <laughs> <laughs> take. That should but, be the name of your new bike. Nefarious. <laughs> nefarious. It could be. Um, Currently, the future 890 Not is wish. temptress. Temptress. Because she just won't leave my dreams. I can't stop <laughs> thinking about this damn bike. <laughs> you have a poor husky. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I love the husky. But, um, the first time I started thinking I need a new bike is when we got serious about Chaffee saying, come out here. And I started thinking... 2,000 plus miles on interstate mm-hmm. on basically a big dirt bike is going to yeah. be tough. 36 be hours on the saddle. But then I'm like, people do it on KLRs. Yeah. So... KLRs is a little different seat than that, though. Yeah. Um, 
I might have to get some foam. <laughs> well, I was going to say a gel seed or something. I think the ergonomics on the KLR is just a little bit different than the Husky. The biggest problem with the Husky I found on Highway Utah, Wyoming, it weighs 300 something pounds, semis going by, and the wind is oh. insane. So I have literally been moved two lanes with one gust of wind. Yeah. And uh, it's a pucker moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. It happens on uh, on the Beamer too. I mean, it's just one of those things. I don't I don't think it matters how heavy the bike is. So it's so upright and it's just hitting the side and there's nothing there. Yeah, you're a wind sail for yeah, sure. If you don't lean into it, yeah, like on choppers, you're down lower, so maybe it's not as much. Well, the higher your center of gravity, the worse it is when the wind hits you. Um, right. It's not it's not very bad on the Honda. Um, but like on the Tiger, it was really bad. We saw the gravity is way up high. Like everybody thought, because like the the CCs on the Tiger are is way high. Like it, the power is higher than on the Honda. But like when the wind hit the Tiger, it is just a giant wind sail, and all the weight is up top. So right over. Okay, so I might be just being a baby, but it's still scary. It's you know, <laughs> it's it's scary. <laughs> it's not that you're being a baby. It's just the Husky is. You know, it's. Yeah, and when you got the luggage on and everything, you're just yeah. Like, and and you're like the sale. Honda is like 490 pounds. Okay, like both the CB500X and the Tiger are right around that 500 pound mark. Weight does make a difference. And where the weight is, yes. Like right. the like the 890 and 790, the gas tanks on the bottom. Yeah. Which is a lot of weight, but that scares me because I like to jump over rocks, whether I'm supposed <laughs> yeah. to or not. I don't know. If I <laughs> See, like that, that would scare idea. me more just because then you also have to deal with a fuel pump and fuel pumps are notoriously not reliable. <laughs> yeah. So are you going to carry one with you? Or... Yeah. Unfortunately, with all the electronics nowadays, EFI, most bikes have fuel pumps. Yeah. yeah but the difference being is like if your gas tank is like below or behind the engine, the fuel pump has to do so much work to get that fuel to the mm. engine. Whereas like on... I'm going to keep talking about Briarios because he's the best example. <laughs> the gas tank is up top. The EFI is like right here and the engine's right here. So uh, the, like the, there is like a little pump that clicks on to prime the fuel injection, but it's tiny. It doesn't have to do any work because all the fuel is just already trying to go down. Yeah, you know? You've got gravity. You've got gravity yeah. already helping you out. Yeah. Right. Where mine's fighting gravity. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that would scare me having it underneath I mean, skid plates do a wonderful yeah. job, but they're they not. Do. Yeah, it's it's to be seen, but yeah, I would uh, I would rather lose oil than gas. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> hmm. Less explosive. Hey, here's yeah. a tip for you: <laughs> if you have, have a, a leaking slave cylinder O-ring, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't have dot four, but you happen to have engine oil, I found out by mistake. That will get you to the town. Well, that's it was thick. It was thick enough to go through. <laughs> and they won't teach you that in school, people. <laughs> I just I love how you said by mistake. It's, <laughs> it's all I had. I didn't have it. Like, so it was on purpose. I, yes, it was on purpose, not a mistake. Yeah, but, but for the warranty, I it was a mistake. Think, I didn't think this is thicker oil than what should be in there. It'll help yeah. out. Like I mistakenly just used what I had, and hey. 
The bottle said dot four, so that's what I used. If it's motor oil, it's your fault for putting it in there. Exactly. <laughs> Must have been squat. Must have been squat. Yeah, well, I mean, who carries brake fluid with them? Um, I do oil, now. yes. But I do I now. Mean, I don't even it? carry oil. I, I just carry chain lube. That's it. Oh, that's one thing I don't. That's probably smart. <laughs> I just lubed my chain for once. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm not the how-to guy, but I, I, I am the guy that just says, like Amanda, just get out and do it yeah. because we can sit and look for, we can look for the perfect gear, the perfect bike, the perfect tents, all that for an eternity and never go. Right. So my first one was on a two-stroke dirt bike with 70 pounds of gear piled on a fender that had no rack. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I went and did it and fell in love with it. But you also yeah. learn what not to do. So. Yeah. Like the, and like the best way to learn is to do it. Yeah. It's like do your research so that you're mentally prepared. It, like it deals, you deal better with the anxiety of what's going to happen if you have already done a decent amount of research. So you kind of like feel like, okay, if something goes wrong, I have an idea of what I'm going to do if it goes wrong. Um, but like the best way to learn is just to go do it. And especially camping like everybody camps differently everybody needs different things to be comfortable and the only way that you're going to know is to go and do it and you have to do it multiple times and you need to keep track of what worked and what didn't work and continuously modify that system until it works for what you need it to do and yeah like people definitely wouldn't have told me like that a 600 pound like 30 year old motorcycle with frozen rear shocks was a great bike to go off road for the first time with but i did it anyway did it (laughs) <laughs> cheers i love that attitude yeah. and and don't be insanely stupid right like, <laughs> don't uh go do the lockhart section of the bdr solo yeah when they tell <laughs> you not to at night <laughs> with a stock headlight don't do that that was stupidity. But, on a but 701 get out and try it get out and try it yeah i'm probably an embarrassment to the bdr but that's okay i did it so I'm curious, my first like solo camp was, I was a little freaking nervous, uh, you know, afraid, mm-hmm. not used to it. So was that a thing for you? Like I was more worried that my bike was going to break down. That was my biggest fear. That's all that I was worried about. Okay. So that overshadowed the camping part. Oh yeah. I did not <laughs> put up a tent, sleep in it, whatever, you know? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I like also just like, I grew up in rural Montana. I, and I have to remind myself sometimes, like not everybody grew up with coyotes outside your window and blackberries yeah. going through your property and right. all of that kind of stuff. And not everybody like had to learn how to take care of your food and put it away so that like bears wouldn't come and dig through everything and all that kind of stuff. And that's just stuff that I was taught because we lived in a rural area right next to mountains and the animals come down, you know? Um, and so like, I got all of that education as a kid. So that makes sense. That makes like, a lot of sense. The anxiety about animals wasn't there at all for me. Um, and like anxiety about people, like, Oh yeah, I was not worried. Like I more worried about people in the city than I was about going camping. Really? Um, yeah. I can uh, understand that. Uh, people scare me. 
<laughs> again, like coming from a rural area where like all like, we, yeah, we put a lock on the gates. So people wouldn't come and steal dad's tools, but that was about it. Like, and then coming to the city where I have to like make sure that I've locked the key, like locked the truck. I've locked the house, like make sure that there's like no place or a window that somebody could crack in and get in or like all that kind of other stuff. Like that was like the city is much scarier to me than going camping in the woods. Yeah, yes. you know, I love camping in the woods. People are more <laughs> dangerous animals than animals. Yes, and, Tim uh, says the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you follow the rules, yeah, the the animals aren't really going to bother you. I mean, yeah. the bear the bear is only going to come to your tent if you've got food in it. Yeah, and anything uh, with a scent, so deodorants, um, toothpaste, mm-hmm. uh, that anything I, with that a scent. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that till recently. Um, so, so you like, yeah, any, yeah, anything with a scent. Cause like a lot of people, like you don't think about like, if you have lotion, if you have deodorant that has some kind of a floor, floral scent to it, even if you get the non scented version, they think that's food. You gotta put your floral scented deodorant away, Chappie. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and like a lot of the chemicals that they put in deodorant are food. Like, uh, that's so crazy. You, yeah, and like so, minty toothpaste, that's food. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Don't leave and, your food on your bike. Yeah. <laughs> now, we will be going you, through bear country in Virginia. Black bears, yeah, but yeah. Oh, all right. Well, just yeah, just always it. make sure that you like you clean up after yourself. Don't make food anywhere near your tent um, because food smells will transfer to your tent, even if there isn't food in your tent. Don't you take snacks it, in your tent. Mm. Um, yeah, don't have snacks in your tent. Um, and oh, like once you're finished cooking, once you're finished eating, you wash everything immediately and you put it away. Um, in reality, like the most frequent visitors to campsites are rodents and birds. Um, you're going to deal with those way more than you're going to do with bears, but it's the same idea. You clean everything as thoroughly, as thoroughly as you can. Um, preferably with soap so you can get as much of that food scrap and everything off of your cooking equipment as possible. And then you pack everything away. If you don't have like a critter proof sack, then you need to learn how to do a bear hang or if you can make room for it, take a bear vault. A bear vault. I'm, I'm toying with the idea of making a, there's this really cool place that makes a uh, bear sacks and I put <laughs> like your logos and stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. I have, cool. I have an ursac that I take when I know that I'm going to be in bear country. Um, and it's like, it's like made with Kevlar and everything. So you can't claw through it and that kind of shit. Um, so when you hang it and they're patting it around, they're not going to destroy the bag in the process of trying to get food out of it. It's not like uh, a pinata for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but more often than not, like when people tell me they're going to go through bear country, I recommend like going to a designated campground because a lot of times in bear active areas, they will have, food safe containers for you to store your food away. So you don't have to worry about hanging the food or having a bear vault or any of that stuff. Um, yeah. Mountain house That's great info. <laughs> yeah, don't touch my mountain house or I'll be killing the bear. <laughs> the, the biggest one for me, and since you're a tea drinker, maybe you've got a thing, but so I've been using the Sea of Summit cups, you know, the foldable, and sometimes they kind of hold the, the scent, I guess. Yes. Things even washing them but um i do kava tea at night so that i can sleep when i'm camping mm-hmm. and i'm always nervous like 
So do you do anything special? I mean, do you have a, a trick or? To like clean the cup or what do you mean? Yeah, to, yeah, to clean the cup or even put it in a Ziploc bag. Just because to me, that's like the most aroma out of everything I cook or. Yeah, uh, all of my camping equipment and my food stay together. Like, so the way that I treat my food when I'm like trying to keep animals out of it is the same way that I'm going to treat anything that holds food. Like also all of my cooking equipment is in that as well, because like you said, it holds that food smell no matter what you do, especially because like I keep like my spices and like all the other kind of stuff with my cooking equipment separate from like my food bag. So everything, like both of those bags go wherever they're going to go so I can keep the animals out of it essentially. Um, Amanda, by the way, is the chef on the road. <laughs> I watch and I'm like, God, that looks so fun to do. <laughs> well, if we can get to camp before dark, we can do the same thing. He shakes uh, his head. Okay, let's say we've got 13 days to do this. I'm going to try my best to get you there before dark 10 times. Ten, that's ten a, times. That's, that's pretty a good. big commitment. Jackie. That's pretty good. That, that is. Big commitment. So, um, Chappie, your job is to, at five o'clock, being like, it's time, it's time, yeah. it's time. <laughs> well, I've, I've been spending the last, let's see, eight months, ten months, researching all the campgrounds along the routes and stuff like that. And you so know, like what? you, I've gone and, you know, I've got the general idea of how long we can go each day. You know, figuring 25 miles an hour. On the map, there, we're going to be doing 50, I hear. So <laughs> <No>. easy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 45. <laughs> okay. Depends on if there's mud or not. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's some water mud. crossings. That's, you know, they get rain or something like that. I've seen mm-hmm. one of the water crossing. The stuff was going by so fast. You know, yeah. you're going to have to turn around and go a different way. Yeah. I'll, most, go, most... I'll go first. <laughs> Not through that one you weren't gonna <laughs> yeah most of the stuff that i've heard about the map is like it's just like if it has rained that like definitely brings the difficulty level up a couple notches because yeah. the mud out there is crazy yeah mud's mud's never fun to ride in no. really but what chappy Rather- doesn't know is my job is once i get there so these nine months of planning he's got on a spreadsheet i'm just gonna go hit delete no. And off I, we go. I wouldn't talk to you, you after that. I'll, I'll show you a adventure. <laughs> yeah. he, he can't because I've like pinned all the campgrounds on my Google Maps. So. Oh, good. No, okay. I honestly, I like, I appreciate that you're doing that and stuff. I try to, to plan and all that. Oh, yeah. It just. It's fine. My brain doesn't work that way. I'm like, figure it out like MacGyver when I get in trouble. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> You know, as, like, as long I as totally you have the tools respect. to be able to do that, once you get there, that's all yes. that matters. But I, I totally respect, you know, people who do that. I went on a trip with a guy that does iron butt races on a gold wing. And this dude's like, seriously, at the gas station, we have eight minutes. That includes fueling up. That includes getting in, going potty. If you're going to get a drink, if you're going to have a smoke, you got eight minutes and we're going. I'm like... Dude, Damn. we're on a BDR, and the whole point of the BDR to me is to forget a schedule, kind of. I mean, obviously, you have to get Absolutely. back to stuff. But, yeah. So I've seen kind of both extremes, and like I appreciate the planning and stuff. So 
it's good for me to travel with someone like him. As long as you have a little bit of patience, we're going to have a blast. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with taking our time. I mean, worst case scenario is we get halfway through the Northeast BDR and you're going to continue because I have to go back to work. I mean, that's fine with me as yeah. long as, I mean, I live right here so I can do it again. <laughs> yeah. So. And that's how this became a thing. He said, if you're coming all the way out to do the NEBDR, you might as well do the Madder. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. So do you have Absolutely. any plans for uh, some next adventures, Amanda? Uh, I leave next Friday for the Idaho BDR. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Um, I'm <laughs> Can I come to- wave? Can I come <laughs> wave? Because I dream about the Idaho BDR all every day, every night. That's I'm like, sure the Idaho BDR looked a little bit different when you did it than it's going to look when I do it. Yeah? There's so much snow still, man. Like, Is there really? Yeah. Really? I've been waiting. Like, I was going to go do it, and I, I may take off like Wednesday randomly and just go do the Colorado BDR because I need to get out. There's still got to be snow at the, on the high points in that, too. There may be. Like, Flagstaff, probably. but Yeah. I, I don't know. I've yeah. just got to go, and that's the closest one to me. Like, yeah, hmm. the um, my aunt and uncle live in Stanley. Yeah, it's so beautiful a, there. Yeah, I was a kid. I don't know, eight or something like that. It was probably about this time of year. We got out of school and we went out there. My uncle took us for a ride into the mountains to see snow. Mm. So we told him he was full of it, but yeah, he yeah. proved it. I was like, yeah, holy crap. The hot springs. Yeah. The, the, I remember a lot of that stuff. The Rockies hold on to their snow for as long as they can. And yeah. thank God that it does. Cause we would, it would be much worse in August if they didn't. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, have fun on the Idaho. I'm jealous. Like that's, that's my <laughs> favorite place. And my biggest regret because Tim wanted me to meet him at the start of the talk. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. did backwards. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was a little, nervous i'd only met tim once and i've never done anything like that so i kind of put it off and like my biggest regrets not doing that whole thing because idaho that's heaven on earth to me anyway. it's a beautiful state so are you doing the whole the whole idaho or? we're just gonna see how far we can get in a week um and we're probably gonna have to reroute about a couple around a couple stuff. I already know that we're probably gonna have to reroute around Elk Summit because a couple of other people in the Idaho BDR Facebook group have already mm-hmm. scouted that area and say it's all packed in. Um, wow. So I have a reroute around that. Um, thanks to the people who have already scouted it. So I know that we have a reroute around that without having to go all the way back around. Um, uh, but yeah, That's for sure. Gonna find out how much snow we hit. We we're probably gonna spend a lot more time on slab, um, but you well, know, enjoy it. <laughs> that is an excellent, excellent uh, place for well, a resource is the Facebook BR yeah. groups for Absolutely. for each state or yeah. each route. People are really good about keeping that updated. If they do go and do a section, they do their best to make sure that that gets updated um, as to like what the conditions are, especially in the early season when everything is still hasn't quite opened all the way up yet. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm less worried about like getting it done because I've already done Magruder and the Lamotor way, um, yeah. which <laughs> in my opinion is the best parts. <laughs> so Magruder, I did watch your video and you, and you went by the, uh, the tower that Tim made me want to, 
go up. Oh, Burnt Knob. Burnt Knob, yeah. Yeah. The first day I met Tim there, we're riding Magruder, and this vehicle comes around the corner. I had already made it. I was getting off my bike to film Tim coming up around this corner, and this vehicle whips around, and Tim's coming up, and I'm like, Tim's there, you know, like I, I'm like freezing and screaming, and I almost saw Tim die within the first hour of our adventure. Luckily, there was a dip where the rain had run off, and his body fell in there, and his bike fell on top of him because he like grabbed his front brake and went over. Whew. So they say the Idaho BDR is is a semi easy one, I think. Yeah, it, in before comparison. before the Mabder, it was the easiest. Um, now it's second. It's most beautiful, but it's not easy to me after seeing that because like that was. <laughs> <laughs> I called my wife that night. I'm like. I just came all the way to meet this guy, and I think I almost saw him die today. Because of some jackass in his side by yeah, side. Yeah, some 18-year-old. Yep, yep. Well, because like the Magruder and the Low Motorway were through routes way before the Idaho BDR added it you know, to their route to go through Idaho. You know, So right. the Magruder has been a recreation area for locals in that area for a very, very long time. So it's already well-known by people around there. Um, so I don't think people who have done other BDRs or have like done the first couple sections of the Idaho BDR are expecting the amount of people that are on the Magruder and the motorway. Um, and especially in Magruder, you see a lot of trucks and you see a, a lot of side-by-sides, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you got, you got to watch out because before that point, Tim and I had probably gone three hours or so and not seeing another soul like we we were feeling like we're out here alone yeah and we get in that kind of mentality and then all of a sudden you got side by side trucks you know Mm -hmm. coming through so yeah ride right as they say yeah ride right absolutely be cautious do not haul ass on those kinds of roads no nope enjoy the view i mean yes beautiful like it's beautiful both Lolo Motorway and Magruder like run along a ridge. And so like at every point, like at points you can see on both sides of the ridge and it's just so beautiful. Um, yeah. It brings me uh, to tears. It did yeah. bring me to tears actually. <laughs> I looked out one point and like in the ocean, you see wave after wave after wave, right? Mm-hmm. Forever. And in Idaho, it was it's, like mountains like that. Mountain after like, mountain. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, have awesome. fun. We'll be uh, thinking yeah. of you. Thank you. <laughs> if you see it broke down 701, stop and give me a, pe- a thing of water or something, please. <laughs> broke down, Cody. Yeah, we're going to find out if I'm going to do it by myself or not. I don't know. I'm supposed to, I was supposed to do it with like three other people. One person has already been, had to back out because of work. And then two other people that are supposed to go with me are having bike issues and we're less than a week out at this point. So Idaho is pretty remote. So bike issues. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. That's I'm not I super worried about so Briarios. Yeah. He'll be fine. I just put a new front tire on and the chain has plenty of life left and he's dang near bulletproof. And um, the video that's going to come out, this coming Friday is just going to be like more evidence of that. <laughs> oh, no. are, you, are you testing it? 
Uh, yeah, totally. That uh, my whole plan was totally for that to be my test before I do the Idaho video to make sure that I could still do dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, this will come out the same day. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you didn't spoil anything. <laughs> yeah. I, my patrons already got to see it, so they already know, but I, I made my brother do really dumb things on his V-Strom. But in my defense, I did not know how steep it was going to be. You know, I just. <laughs> Sometimes you you don't know. And and your brother has the right to say, no, I'm not doing That's, this. That's true. He does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, Chappie has a favorite uh, thing to do to our guests. Um, oh, I do. Lightning. <laughs> well, it's just the lightning round. Uh, basically, I have some questions that. Just say the first thing that pops into your head. Oh, you, just... I think it's funny. You think that I can do this fast. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't technically have to be fast. Yeah, no, it doesn't have to be fast. It's just every guest we give them the, the same questions. Just, just, you know, let people see a little bit more behind the thoughts of Amanda. Yeah, just get to oh, know no. a little better. And we just, I don't know, we just called it the lightning round for some reason. We should okay. probably call it the adventure round, maybe. That would be a better name for it. All right. So dirt or street? Street. I don't have my glasses. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite band on the bike? Jason Aldean. Oh. <laughs> All right. Sure, we, did. we didn't know that. <laughs> uh, highway or the long way? The long way. That seems to be a, maybe that question should come out. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, if you're a motorcyclist. We'll, we'll trip yeah. somebody up with that one. Well, yeah, I was, I mean, I was well, worried about the next one coming up, I think, when we were talking to Ben. I was hoping he didn't, quote unquote, get it wrong. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's, yeah, no. The next one is uh, speed or freedom when you're on your bike. Oh, freedom. I don't think anybody who has a 500cc motorcycle is all about speed. <laughs> hey, it's faster than cars. <laughs> uh, camp or hotel? Camp. That was the one that Cody thought Ben was Yeah, I was run. like, hey, Ben. Oh, Ben, please don't mess what? this one up. Moto camp, <laughs> don't say hotel. <laughs> I would have felt really, really bad about that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, and the next one is like a two-parter. Uh, the most important thing not to skimp on for a camping item and then a gear item, whether it's for you or the bike. Sleeping pad. This is, uh, in, in my head, it's a tie between sleeping pad and sleeping bag because sleep is just so important. You could sleep under a tarp. It don't matter. But if you don't have a good sleeping pad and a sleeping bag, you're going to sleep like shit. Um, gear. Helmet. <laughs> Perfect. I was hoping she wasn't going to say my helmet cam. <laughs> no. <laughs> Majority I, of her footage comes from other places. Though. I know. I got talked out of it, Amanda. Yeah, like, I did. All I these did people. All these people good because I was Amanda trying. were like, no. I was having no luck. It just looks so cool. And it it, and, it is and useful. Convenient. 
but with the no stabilization no stabilization and the battery life is so much shorter you can't switch out batteries like if you're doing a multi-day trip it's kind of a Mm -hmm. pain in the ass well plus if you burn it with the camera then we ain't talking to each other (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's the thing like the the there's actually two batteries in the unit there's one for the camera and there's one for the talking unit um and so the battery life for the camera is super, super short because the, the unit prioritizes battery for the communication side of it. Um, so you burn through like the quote unquote camera battery in like less than two hours. And, but you still get like 10, 11 hours of talk time. Like, Oh, that's cool. Nice. And that's what I was thinking. Like if, if it had stabilization, my thought was I tend to film way too much of the adventure. <laughs> Which you, I'm sure, know makes editing a nightmare. Yeah, it does. And so being cut off at two hours, that's it per day? <laughs> I mean, that's like a safety feature for me. <laughs> yes, but that's all well and good till you crest that rise and see that yeah, beautiful see scene. And it's like, oh, son of a bitch. Now I or can't if you get drop your bike. Because, you know, you have to document every drop. Like, yeah. conflict yeah. is the crux of storytelling. You can't have a good story without some kind of conflict. So I had this discussion with Chris yesterday. And since you're here, I'm going to ask you a selfish question. Okay. Selfish. Chris says I have conflict down. In fact, I have four (laughs) months worth of conflict that I've overcome recorded. Don't you know? Don't you know? (laughs) Stuck in Minnesota for a week. Minus five degrees, living at the salesman's house in a camper. (laughs) That's beautiful. So, okay, I get that we need conflict. How do how do you, in layman's terms, how do you work that into a a video story form? I mean, like conflict is after you've already established like who you are, what you're doing, why you're doing it, where you are, and then conflict happens. And you explain what happened. You can't just like show it, like unless it's like something super obvious, like you dropped your bike or something like that. Um, like people who like get flat tires and they just like on it, but they don't explain what happened. Like I don't know what's going on, especially yeah. on an action camera. Everything's super flat. I can't tell if your tire is flat or if that's what it's supposed to look like. You know. Um, so explain it a little. So bit. explaining it is important. Um, the audience doesn't know what you're thinking, so you need to share what you're experiencing i mean like obviously (laughs) it's youtube so try to keep it a little pg if you want monetization you know yeah um but also like you really restrict your audience if you're just sitting there cursing about it like the whole time you're gonna lose a lot of people who just don't enjoy listening to other people curse you know i got i got my butt handed to me on one of my most popular videos recently (laughs) because i dropped the f-bomb a few times oh (laughs) and i kind of amended them back with my comment. I tried to keep it not personally attacking to the person, but I let them know that I'm a freedom-loving American. I love the Second Amendment, blah, 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 blah. And uh, if you don't like my channel, go somewhere else or turn the volume down. No. Turn the volume in, down. In a nicer way. I felt like, but it was a good point. Like, we're not making videos to offend people, right? Yeah, we want people right, to it's... enjoy them and and get them, but at the same time, I want to be authentic. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like it's this, also like... not something you do all the time either. 
So yeah. if they watch all your videos and then all of a sudden you're going. Yeah, because Tim, when I met yeah. Tim, he told me, don't swear. You might have a nephew that watches it. So I've been yeah. a good boy. And then. Yeah, and like you don't know the age of the people who are watching your content. Like, yes, like the whole adpocalypse happened and like age gating or blah, 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 blah. But you still don't know. And like, and like YouTube, like, and you just put in like your birthday is like freaking 1980 and you're a six year old. YouTube's not going to be able to confirm that, you know? Um, <laughs> So the the security is not real tight. (laughs) Exactly. So just being aware that anybody can find your content. And for me, that's very important, especially because like I want as many people as possible to be able to gain like some kind of like either like be inspired by on it, like not necessarily have to go out and go motorcycle camping specifically, just but spend more time outside is like part of my goal, you know. I think you've um, done too well because so many people are outside right now, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, well, you did your job too good. <laughs> and to further her point, my grandkids stopped over while I was working on the bike before the podcast. And one of the friends came up and said, I've seen all of your YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, you poor kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's, no, a, that's but just I don't, like. Yeah, I don't swear because my grandkids watch. Yeah. So, I mean, my biggest fans are my granddaughters. One of my rules is, like, if I would be embarrassed if my grandma watched it, it's not going on YouTube. <laughs> See, that's where we're. That's where I have a caveat, because my grandma was, like, swore like a trucker. <laughs> she was the sweetest lady, but man, she, she would let them fly. <laughs> oh, that's... But that's that's good. Thank you for that. And so you say, explain, show what what you're. Thinking. Oh right, yes. Explain, explain what you're feeling because I think that's also really point. Like, and you talked about that earlier. There's a lot of channels on YouTube that it's really pretty, and that's kind of it. <laughs> um, and like where you actually start to develop genuine relationships, well, relationships with people online is because you are sharing what you're experiencing with them, not just like this is the best thing ever. And like, look at this thing and doing like a tour guide kind of stuff, but like mm-hmm. also sharing what you're experiencing. Yeah. And then they feel like they're on the trip with you. And like a lot of people who watch YouTube, like they're doing it as an escapism so they can feel like they're doing that trip too. Um, especially people who, for whatever reason, can't do those things, whether they're on the other side of the world, whether they're disabled, whether like they are Broke. just stuck in a job. Exactly. Um, stuck in a place where that is just not an option for them right now. And so we are also like, as sharing our experiences online, have a little bit of a responsibility of like trying to share that experience as it's happening to those people. I like Um, that. Yeah. I I just, I like to try and keep things real, you know? Yeah. Fake things bother me. They always have, but yeah. And then just remembering to wrap it all up at the end and actually have like an ending like <laughs> does it always have to be happy like i made it through or i mean or do you leave them hanging and i i mean like it's better if you can give them some kind of conclusion it doesn't always have to be like happy like i mean if you wreck your bike and it's totaled or whatever it's not like you can give them a happy ending but Mm-mm. if you wreck your bike and it's totaled you can give them a conclusion even if that means delaying putting out the video that like this is what happened after the accident. Like we went through the process, it got home and it's totaled, but it's okay. And I'm okay. Shit happens. I'm alive. Um, 
like, yeah, exactly. I'm alive, like bringing out like some kind of like, instead of just being super depressed or whatever. But I, I mean, I guess I did that on the broken wrist video at the end. I was just like, so sad. <laughs> um, you know, when you break your wrist, it does make you sad. Yeah. Yeah. I did um, that in a race and had to ride 14 miles out with a broken yeah. wrist on the throttle hand. And yeah, and just thankful that you were so close to home that yeah. they were able to come get you. Yeah, but like overall, there was still a conclusion to the conflict. Like I broke my wrist, I got out and was safe. Like I didn't die in the woods, like like or anything like that. You know, like I got out and was safe. I went to the hospital. I got taken care of. Like that that in itself is a conclusion. Like that is closure for the audience from like whatever the conflict was. You know. And don't make your music too loud, or Amanda will change the channel if she's watching. <laughs> well, that's hey, it's that's true. A, <laughs> I know, but which that's is a like, good point. Uh, no, it's a good point because it's. Professionally, they do it in the it, movies and crap all the time too. I hate it. They do it to you turn it down. That's you turn it down. Right. Yeah, but you turn it down because of the music, and then you can't hear them talk. It's like what? The yeah, hell? yeah. Well, I mean, like movies, like it's harder because like they're making that audio thinking about IMAX and like the amount of speakers that you're going to experience in a movie theater, not necessarily right. like the speakers that you have at home. So that's why it's so quiet like when they're just talking and it's so loud because they want you to be in the moment when that music is happening. And so you're like literally vibrating in the theater because of like how well the sound system is. Um, exactly. and, but even when they're just talking normally in the theater, you can hear them because the speakers are so good. Like the sound it's, system. Yeah. But as long as that loud music didn't make you deaf a little bit. <laughs> so Amanda's next video with the Idaho BDR will be in IMAX coming to you. No, no. don't get no, excited. That man. was, that was I, hopeful. Well, I've, I've thought about like submitting to like the, there's a like little motorcycle film festival in Portland, but you have to oh, nice. own all the rights to the music in order to submit. And I use epidemic sound, oh. which is great for YouTube, but yeah. I can't right. afford to buy the license for all the music that I use. I would offer to write you the music, but it's all going to be probably a little heavier than you usually use. So. <laughs> but if you ever need angry old man music, I'm happy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> angry old man music. I don't know. So we do this thing that we call what if. We've got questions that... <laughs> I, I'm not, well, now I'm not prepared. No, you're not. <laughs> The little elf. The listener, yeah, the <laughs> listeners send in questions, and it's like a hypothetical situation. We've got a bunch of them. We usually pick it at random, and then we answer it. Oh God! So is it's like they're not. It's motorcycle or camping. It's has to do with the channel. It's Chappie okay. approved. It's Chappie. Yes. It wasn't me going yeah. over. No. Saying, oh yeah, this is good. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not add anything to the list that would not pass uh no. grandkid these are, rating these are fun they just make you think <laughs> out of the box a little yeah <laughs> what if okay here comes the what if elf motherfucker to your house what if so we have three left at the moment uh would you like to pick a number from one to three and we'll go with that one sure okay Three. Three. Trace. Okay, this <laughs> can't really be motorcycle related, but it still is a good question. <laughs> what if you are trapped on a deserted island and can only bring three things with you? What would they be? 
outside of the ten essentials. We'll give no. you that. We'll give yeah, you that. I mean, I say out, we'll give you so out, outside of shelter, water, water filtration, like a way to make fire. Right. So you must follow the green bearded beret. <laughs> the green no? bearded beret. The Gray ten essentials bearded. is like an old, old backpacking thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so outside of the 10 essentials, so not taking something that is vital to my survival. Yeah, I would say probably not. A sketchbook, a uh, pencil that lasts longer than a pen. Third one is harder. It's going to be a book. I just have to think about which book. <laughs> Fundamentals of motorcycle camping. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a tie between Sabriel by Garth Nix and Poison, Poison by Chris Wooding because they're both just incredible books and I've read them over and over and over again. So I know that I would enjoy them. So mm, maybe Poison by Chris Wooding, um, nice. the book. I didn't expect any of those answers. Those are awesome. No. <laughs> I, know, I know what Cody's three things are. Do you? Let's, let's, have, let's change this up. You tell me my three things, I'll tell you your three. <laughs> okay. Cody's three things. Uh, PG Mountain House, <laughs> Mountain House spaghetti. Yeah, yes. Ma- Ma- Mountain House, a motorcycle, and gas. That's pretty pretty darn good, Chappie. But like the gas you had would be finite. You would run out of the tank of gas. Like then you would have none yeah. left. Well, he would have to write it sparingly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, can't be an do. electric motorcycle unless you got a Bugs Bunny tree somewhere. Yeah, no, like, I'm not. In. Take I'm a bicycle and, and make vroom vroom noises. There you go. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> well, since I couldn't be taking cigarettes, maybe I could ride a bicycle. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to bring enough with you. <laughs> no, that's that's pretty good. Uh, Chappy, I'm going to say you're going to take your Excel sheet. <laughs> My Excel. <laughs> I don't have an Excel. <laughs> I'm just sheet. kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm thinking you're going to need a lounger. a lounger. You're on the beach, right? I hate the beach. I hate the beach too. Too much sand. sand. Too much sand. I mean, just <laughs> just sitting there. I I don't know. When I see sand like that, I mean, I would rather get a motorcycle and ride on it. I don't want to be sitting in a lounger just staring at the ocean. Okay, so you're two fifty. I'm not retired yet. Not 250. I'm going to say you're going to need an iPod or, or some way to listen to music. Music, absolutely. But it's going to die eventually. Yeah, see, that's my thought. I'm like, oh, I would love to have a yeah. camera. I just be a table for photographs and like maybe a film camera, but then I would run out of film too. So. Have you seen those power banks that are solar? Yeah. Granted, oh. it takes. But then you does. would have to make that one of your items. It takes Ooh. all day. So, okay, so your, your iPod. Your iPod, your solar bank, and um, Bob. Bob, yes, Bob. <laughs> His wife. Yeah. It's a funny story. <laughs> Do share. Why yeah, is it Bob? Sherry. Oh, because we were making a video about our trip to Niagara Falls, and I can't tell the wife things ahead of time because she gets uh, she gets flustered with the camera. So we just we just winged it. No script. No script. We were just telling the story. So I was going to pretend that, you know, Bob was sitting here that 
know, I'm going to magically transpose my wife. It was like a joke to loosen her up before. <laughs> and it just, it got such a reaction that I ended up throwing it in the bloopers at the end. Because she was just like, Bob, I'm not Bob. Why are you now, saying Bob? Now, every time I... I think of his wife, or when I meet her, I'm probably going to call her Bob. Just because. <laughs> yes. Well, I sure. That's yeah, so uh, Cody does, Bob. I sure appreciate you joining us. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much. It was fun. It's definitely fun getting to know you. I'm so glad you showed up, and <laughs> yeah. now I can go throw up. I'm not have to be nervous anymore. <laughs> All the anxiety. She didn't bust my balls like I was worried about. Okay. No, guys. I don't. No, no you're a sweetie. I I only pick yes. on people who ask me to now. <laughs> There's plenty of those out there. You know there. what? That's a great rule. I'm going to have to adopt that. I'll pick on people that ask, ask me to. <laughs> Normally, somebody brings up like, oh, we should just like, we should give our content to Amanda and she can critique it. I'm like, you don't want me to. You're not going to be able to handle it, man. <laughs> you got to have a strong constitution if you're going to do it, okay? Just, just be honest. And she will not tattoo you. So no, don't no ask. tattoos, no logos, period. If you ask me, I will ignore you. I will not respond. I get so many questions like that. I just don't respond now. Really? Even yeah. after you have it? like Oh, my God. I can't even. Just. Hey, Chappie, I told you. I look at Instagram. I see the picture. I hit the heart. Chappie gives me crap because didn't you see it says blah 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 blah. I can't remember. It says bad beard right under the picture. Oh yeah, I thought oh I thought somebody looked like Rob Zombie and it had his name. Just like Rob Zombie. Oh my god. I'm like, I didn't see that. I don't look at Instagram to breed, Chappie. (laughs) My thing is like the people who like they have to go to my profile page to message me. And on the profile page, it says that I'm not taking on new projects right now. And they still ask. Didn't stop Tim. But still, I know. (laughs) But Tim's, Tim's, Tim, you know, Tim's awesome. And also, Tim paid me a goodly amount of money. That's the other thing. People, like, go in, they'll, like, I don't know if they're just not reading the thing that says, like, I'm not taking on new projects right above the button for message that person or what. But then they message me and like, well, how much would you like charge for you to draw me and my dog and my bike from this photo um did i do that did i don't I know really, if you did or not did i really do that my dog cause <laughs> <laughs> if i did i'm sorry did Before. you send her something i don't think so but i'm I do sure have... you've asked for no. something at some point and i don't I know if asked. i politely declined or if i just ignored you and... i was honestly too scared to ask probably <laughs> But uh, these people that they make my dream, they make these things racks on oh, the yeah. back of the bike. Yeah. You can take big like canine or my husky. Yeah. And uh, they they couldn't sponsor me a full rack to take my husky, but they sent me this cup with the tent, the dog, oh, and cool. the bike. That's why I was huh. But before we uh, sign off, I think we should ask Amanda all of your um places people can find you i know you have an etsy yes a lot of things yeah so. um easiest thing is just to go to as the i have links to literally everything there um so links to the youtube channel links to my instagram and my handle is not as the magpie flies 
please stop tagging that poor, poor human. They have no idea why <laughs> motorcycle people keep tagging them. I you do must not be own blind. That name. <laughs> must be blind. Um, uh, yeah, my, my handle on Instagram is blind thistle, but again, all those things are linked on the, as, as the magpieflies.com website. Um, I think my Revable shop is linked on the website. Um, my Etsy shop is the best place to go for people in the U S. Um, if you want something hand packaged and sent to you by me when I'm home and not on the road. Um, and the Etsy shop is also under blind thistle. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so if you want some artwork from Amanda, go to the shop, and there's tons of her, the prints and stickers. Yeah. I think we've got a No logos. Church. (laughs) Just kidding. No logos. You can get, hey, you can get the one of the little stickers and put it on your bike, and there's your logo. However, if you try to use that as your logo, I will see you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. As you should, as you should. <laughs> yes, you, you created. Oh yes, so. copyright. Well, it's been fun getting to know Amanda. Yay! Yes, someday we'll we'll see you on the trails, hopefully. And now you can tell other people how mean I am. <laughs> yeah. she, she is not mean. No, In, no. intimidating maybe. Not mean. <laughs> intimidating, Cody. I don't. I don't know many many women that. Riding motorcycle and camp solo, and it was tough for me as a oh, man, you know, because we have all these <laughs> terminology. But anyway, I just respect it, and uh, and like your vid- your videos are like arts of work. So thank you. Right, but like me, you have two daughters, so um, the fact that and they're asking me to teach them to ride, and I'm I'm Yay! in, a, I'm in awesome. a conundrum. So is the wife, and I'm in a conundrum. Like <laughs> I want to, but the thought of the things I do to myself on my bike, seeing my wife do it, I'm like, oh. Well, um, Cody, save your relationship and have your wife go do a motorcycle safety course. Do not teach that, her how to ride. That is what Nathan told me, right? There. Yeah. <laughs> Double advice. Okay, thank you. Sometimes I need to hear it twice, but that's great <laughs> advice. That's great advice. I taught her how to drive stick shift and we almost broke up. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But before we sign off, we should probably tell everybody the discount code. If they use the code throttled ADV, uh, they can save 10% at Moto Camp Nerd or 20% over at Moto Atomic. Yeah. Uh, both places are motorcycle owned businesses. They're just starting. They could use your help and they have quality gear. Um, I know Cody's bought some stuff and so have I from Moto Camp Nerd. Uh, Amanda is uh, an ambassador for Motor Camp Nerd. Yes. We've got s- some stuff from him. Now, your sleeping bag that you were talking about? Yes. Did, the sleeping bag, the big, big Agnes Diamond Park zero degree bag. Um, Motor Camp Nerd has that. And he's been really amazing about like listening to feedback, not only from his customers, but also from the ambassadors about the quality of the gear that he is um, keeping in the store. Um, which is super rad. So like when I didn't like the sleeping bag that I got, he heard me and ordered like other sleeping bags from big Agnes and that kind of stuff. So that's Sick. super awesome. So definitely if you do also buy from Moto Camp Nerd and like you, if you love it, if you hate it, make sure that you leave a review on that product on the website. He really loves that feedback and that's really valuable to a small business owner. Absolutely. Definitely. He's trying Thanks to live the dream, that. help him out. Yeah. And I think kind of as a thank you, 
to Amanda for showing. Maybe do you have a link to Motocamp Nerd too? Oh yeah, if you, you can use either code. Like if you use Magpie at checkout, it's the same thing. You get ten percent off of your order as well. But yeah, I just oh. thought we'd throw that in there. For <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you had a discount. Yes, <laughs> I've been I've been teasing Ben. I told him the other day. You know, I know you don't know this, but I'm one of your future ambassadors. You just don't know it yet. And he, he texted back. He said, man, now you've ruined the surprise. I was going to next week. No. Uh. But, no, but no, seriously, Ben's like awesome. When he came out, I was so critical because I was like, I might not have moto camped a lot in the beginning, but I researched gear. I got to see this guy. And man, yeah. he, start, he started picking all the, like he's thinking about it. He's using it. It's not just a willy nilly thing. He yeah. has us as a community in mind and he's helping us as a community. So yeah. I think it's. And, and the bigger that he grows, the more brands that he'll be able to carry. Cause there's a lot of brands Absolutely. out there like, like MSR and those kinds of brands that you can only carry if you have a brick and mortar store. So like the more that we support him, the, like the better that his brand, be, like the, the more brand recognition that he gets, the better that that business is going to be, the more like that he can like get some kind of brick and mortar store so that he can carry more brands which would just be awesome. <laughs> it's working his tail off. And he's a mm-hmm. great guy, family owned business yeah. and motorcycle enthusiast. So yeah. yes, that's it. I'm not going to, yes. not going to hard sell you, go check it out or don't, but it's your loss if you don't. Yeah. Well, it's just like, if you're going to, if you're going to buy camping gear anyway, you might as well support somebody who's already in the community. Right. Because oh, REI yeah. don't care about motorcycles. I mean, I love REI. No. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like, I care. worked at REI. Like, it's a great company. They do do a lot of awesome things for the outdoors. They do advocate mm-hmm. and spend a lot of dollars on protecting our public lands. Um, but also, there's there's always going to be a markup on REI products because of all of the work that they do. Um, but if you're going to like juggle between the two, support Moto Camp Nerd. You know, you have the 10% off code from all of the all of the ambassadors out there for them. Right. So. Absolutely. Anything Alrighty. else? <laughs> That's she's like, yeah, I need to go get my tea, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Amanda, for joining us. Um, I'd like to leave an open invitation. Anytime you want to come on and talk, you're more than welcome. You just message me or Cody or you. you know yes. on any of the Instagram or wherever. We'd be more than happy to to get you on here. And I would like to say um, thank you to your partner for helping you clean up the office. I mean, oh, that's awesome. I, I said clean up. I meant like clear clear out. Like he I had totally like his it. setup and he was he had to leave. Uh, and I felt bad because he was like in the middle of a thing. And Well, thank him uh, and for, letting, for <laughs> letting us borrow some of your time. Yes. That's, that's important. I did the same thing. 15 minutes before I looked around, I was like, oh my God, Amanda's here. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot that I can do in this room to make it like presentable. Like, it's where we work. Whatever. It's just what it is. That's why I got yeah, the, the blue screen. Because I've got Moscow Moto stuff, and it's just it all the stuff that I'm getting for like the trip and prepping, yeah. it's just everywhere. It's, in, it's yeah. a disaster. So. <laughs> That hides it. Plus, it the sun comes in through the windows, and then I oh, you can't yeah. see me. So, oh yeah, I've had terrible lighting today. Good thing it's a podcast because Amanda could have kicked me off just for the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for Amanda and Cody, I'm Chappie. Thank you for joining us. 
and we'll talk to you next week. Yay! Into the next adventure. Don't go to Idaho. That's where I'm going to be. Stay clear. No. <laughs>